Somebody recently told me something that I had never heard, uh, that I had never noticed, but now that I've heard it, it not only proves true, uh, I can't unsee it. Uh, They told me, ever notice how a newborn baby, the first couple of months, seems to always look just like the dad. I thought about that. I thought, well, I don't know about that. There may be some cases. I don't know about that. But then I've started noticing, and it seems newborn babies seem to look just like their dad. Uh, Over and over, I I go look at little Marco back there. Uh, Yep, just like like the dad. Uh, I I remember, I was thinking about this. I remember I saw uh, my kids for the very first time, and I can remember plain as day, all of them, I thought, oh, That's a beautiful baby. That is a good-looking baby. Uh, I remember that's the best-looking baby ever. Um, No joke, I actually felt bad for other babies. Um, I felt sorry for their poor parents. I thought, you know what, Uh, I'm going to write them a card and encourage them. Uh, Well, now I know this. They look just like their dad. Well, here's the truth tonight. The father carries a great impact on his kids. Really, uh, it is more profound. It is bigger than we can even imagine. It's more profound than we know. Good or bad, the father carries a great influence on the kids. It is no far stretch for anyone to be able to say, I can see their dad in them. Well, tonight our sermon is entitled, A Case of Mistaken Paternity. A case of mistaken paternity. Uh, We're going to look at a whole bunch of verses tonight, a huge set of verses. We're actually going to start in verse 37 and finish the chapter in verse 59. Again, a big slug of verses. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 37, going to the conclusion of the chapter in verse 59. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 37. God's Word says this. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you have heard from your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to them, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have proceeded and have come from God. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God 
For this reason, you do not hear them because you're not of God. The Jews answered and said to him, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste of death. Surely you're not greater than our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me of whom you say he is our God. And yet, and you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do, know, do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do not know, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Therefore they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. During Father, we come tonight, we're thankful for this night. We're thankful for, for a new opportunity to praise you, to worship you, to hear from you in your word. Lord, I pray that tonight your people, that we would be grown, that we would be instructed, that we would be led, that we would be encouraged, that if we need to be, we'd be convicted. And I pray, Lord, that the fruit of this night is we would know you better. We would love you more deeply and that we would be ready to serve you with an urgency. Lord, I pray if there's one and maybe many in the hearing of this service that do not know you, I pray in the hearing of good news that tonight they trust you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray that you are known tonight, that you're glorified. We again praise you and thank you. And I pray in our Lord's name, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you remember, yesterday we finished with a great verse, really a great statement and a great truth. Now, really, it is better than I ever knew. It's interesting how that happens. It's a verse I knew and a verse that we had read, but, but I see it tonight, and it's even better than we even knew. Let me read verse 36. We'll start back there tonight. Jesus says, so if the Son makes you free you will be free indeed. Now remember Jesus tells us there that if the Son makes you free, talking about not a slave, if the Son makes you not a slave, you will be free indeed. It means by faith in Jesus that our sin that has made us slaves has been dealt with, and so instead of slaves, in the grace and the power of God, we are now sons. That's what that set of verses told us. If Jesus, the Son, makes us free, not slaves, then we are free indeed. Now, what that means is, as sons, we are forgiven. 
As sons, we are added to the kingdom of God. As sons, remember from yesterday, we are welcome in the house. As sons, we gain the inheritance that's tied to the house. As sons, we gain the name of the master of the house. And so Jesus says in a tremendous statement, if the son makes us free, we are free indeed. What a glorious statement that is. However, after that, then he confronts these unbelieving Jews. He makes that tremendous statement. It's an awesome statement. But after that, in fact, immediately after that, he has to confront these unbelieving Jews. All right, we've got a lot of verses tonight. Let's work through our verses. Starting in verse 37. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Now, I want you to remember tonight, they are claiming that they are safe because of their heritage, because of their lineage. They say, well, our lineage goes back to Abraham and the Hebrews, the Israelites are God's people. And so it just follows that God's people would be with God. And so they've decided their salvation is tied to their lineage. They say, you know what, it's not what, what we do. It is, it is the fact that we are related to Abraham and they are safe, they believe, in Abraham. Well, Jesus says here in this verse, you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Now, I want you to notice this. I want you to see this. Their actions and their desires reveal their hearts. And then their hearts reveal that God's word is not in them. Now, I want you to notice that that's a pattern that exists today. Their, their actions and their desires reveal their hearts. It's the same today. Somebody's actions, somebody's desires reveal their hearts. And then their hearts reveal that God's word, God's truth is not in them. The point here again is this. It is the truth of Jesus that saves. It is the truth of Jesus that changes hearts. And that's what he's saying. It is the truth of Jesus that would change a man's heart and the desire of your heart shows that you do not know Jesus. All right, verse 38, let's keep going. I speak the things which I've seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you have heard from your father. Jesus is speaking the truth, and it's the truth that he heard from God the Father. But they are doing the things, he says, that they have heard, that they have learned from their father as well. Verse 39. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. This is the first place that we see the case of mistaken paternity. We see here they do not know who their father is. They say here very boldly, very proudly, very confidently 
Abraham is our father. Again, they believe they are safe in Abraham. Their salvation is grounded in Abraham. Well, Jesus says to them, here's his response, if you're Abraham's children, then do the deeds of Abraham. If Abraham is your father, then do what Abraham did. That's what he says to them. Now, I want to stop here for a second. Do you remember what Abraham did? Do you remember the account of Abraham? Now, let me tell you, read the account. He sinned, yes. He messed up, yes. He was a man, yes. But his marking thing is his faith. The thing that he was known for, the thing that he is remembered today is his faith. In fact, he is known as the man of faith. And if you remember his account, God says to him, leave your family, leave your security. And we see that he moves in faith. God says to him, go to a new land. Can you imagine that? A land you do not know anything about, go to a new land. We see that Abraham moves in faith. He says, go before you know the end, the outcome. We, we want to know the outcome. He says, before you even know the outcome, you need to go. He moves in faith. Remember the account. He says, take your son, your one and only son, and sacrifice your son. Remember, he actually draws back the knife and he moves in faith. Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, Romans chapter 4 the Bible says for Abraham, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. His faith was counted for him as righteousness. Here's, here's what that means. He was saved by faith. He was saved by faith. He was saved by belief. Jesus says if you're Abraham's children, if he is your father, then do what Abraham did and believe. Be a person of faith. Verse 40. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. Jesus tells him in verse 40, when Abraham heard God's word, he did not respond in rebellion. He did not become a murderous individual. He responded in faith. This is not what Abraham did. Verse 41, you are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus says, verse 41, you're doing the deeds of your father. They say we are not born of fornication. I want you to understand this, what this means. This is a great insult hurled at Jesus. This is making fun of the rumors that circulated around about Jesus' birth. And there were some rumors that went around and said, well, I think she was with child. She was pregnant before they, before they were actually married. And was Joseph actually the dad? Was Joseph actually the father? And there's these rumors going around. And so they say, we're not children of fornication. It's an insult toward Jesus. Then here is the second case of mistaken paternity. They say, we have one father. Now, I want you to notice this. It's not Abraham because they didn't do what the children of Abraham would have done. So it's not Abraham. 
Now they say it is God. Well, they said a minute ago, it is Abraham. Now they say it is God. God is our father. Now this most likely goes back to several verses. There's about 10 of them that say that the Israelites are God's children. And so they would say, well, here we are. We're the Israelites. And so God is our father. Verse 42. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Jesus says wrong again. If God were your father, they say God's our father. He says, if God were your father, you would love me and you would not be trying to kill me. He says, for God the father is the one who sent me. And so if you, if you were actually from God, if he were your father, you would love me. Verse 43. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. Now, I want you to think about this. We talked about it the other day. Can you imagine this? All the things that Jesus has said, all of the things that Jesus has done, all of the things that they've heard, all of the things that they have seen, he's told them he's the Messiah. He's told them why he's the Messiah. He's done miraculous things to, con to convince them of his word that is true. And Jesus says here, and yet you still cannot hear. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? You still cannot hear. Verse 44. Tough verse. You are of your father, the devil. Wow. And you want to do the desires of your father. You look like your dad. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, the first thing I want you to see in verse 44 is the description of Satan. Be very sure. He is a murderer. That's what Jesus says. He is a killer. Satan is a killer. He is a murderer. He says there is no truth in him. Well, maybe there's a little truth. Maybe, maybe there's a piece of the truth. There is no truth in him. He says he is a liar. Now, that, that's more than that. It means that he actually puts out lies. He speaks lies. His business is putting out lies. He says his nature actually is to lie. In fact, he's the father of lies. He's the originator. He's the source of lies. Well, Jesus says to them, this is your father. That is your father. It's not Abraham, though you're his descendants. It's not God, though he loves you. He says to them, your father is Satan. And in what you want to do, in the desires and the actions of your heart, you look like your father. You look like your father. I want you to think about that for just a second. That's, that's a heavy statement. But I want you to think about that. When we are outside of Christ, when we are outside of Jesus, Satan is our father. And we think, well, I'm, I'm not that bad. Well, I'm kind of neutral. Well, I, I'm somewhere a good person in the middle. And listen, if you're outside of Christ, 
your dad is Satan. And you look like your dad. And we wonder why the world is so rough today. We wonder why the world is so coarse today. It's because we hate like Satan. Lost people do. They, they seek to destroy folks like Satan. They want to lie. They'd rather lie than tell the truth because they're like Satan. We're jealous like Satan. We gossip like Satan. Lost people do. When you're outside of Christ, he's your father too. And you look like your father. Verse 45. But because I speak the truth, here's Jesus, you do not believe me. Verse 46. Which one of you, I think this is an interesting verse, which one of you convicts me of sin? He challenges them. If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? Verse 46, Jesus says, I want one of you to tell me what my sin is. And he doesn't hide, he doesn't duck or dodge, he doesn't have to. But he says, somebody here, tell me what my sin is. Tell me where, what I've done wrong. Prove it. You know why he says that? Because they can't. If they had a sin, they would have lobbed it on him. If they had an accusation, they'd have put it on him. But he says, somebody, which one of you can tell me my sin? They can't say a sin. He never sinned. And so he says this. So if I have not lied, if I speak the truth, if you can't tell me a sin, why do you not believe me? Verse 47. Here's why. He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. Verse 47, Jesus is making clear, in fact, he's making abundantly clear, God is not your father. You know why you can't understand this? You know why you're so rough? You know why you want to kill me? He makes it clear. He makes it abundantly clear because God's not your father. Now, I want you to imagine that for just a second. Imagine the shock of these folks for just a second. You see, they are God's people. They got the papers to prove it. God, God has chosen them. We're God's chosen people. And all of their talk is about worshiping God. These Pharisees, these scribes, that's all they talk about. Their status is built in talk about God. And then now Jesus comes along and says, you are not of God. Can you imagine the shock? Well, here's their answer, verse 48. The Jews answered and said to him, do we not say rightly that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? Now understand here, this was another great insult. For them, there was nothing worse, nothing lower than being a Samaritan. Now, the Samaritans also made claims about knowing the truth of God. Remember, they had changed uh, the scripture to make a different truth. And, and so they're accusing him of being a false teacher. They're accusing him of having the false truth. They're accusing him of being a Samaritan. They say right here, you're crazy like a Samaritan. And then they have a bonus insult and they say, and you have a demon. And you have a demon. Verse 49. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Can you imagine the things they've said about Jesus? They dishonor Jesus. You dishonor me. Verse 50. 
But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Verse 51. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Now, I want you to see here in verse 51, it's another verse that Jesus marks as being important. That's why he says, truly, truly. We've seen this all the way through the gospel of John. Notice when you see that in the gospel, Jesus is saying, this is an important statement. He is actually saying, this is the truth. Now listen, it's still the truth. Here's what he says. If anyone keeps my word, he will not see death. If anyone keeps my word, he will not see death. To keep his word, we've seen this a couple times, is to receive and to hold the truth of who he is. That's why John is adamant in making sure we know the truth of who he is. To receive the word of Jesus is to receive and to hold the truth of who Jesus is. That is our gospel. And Jesus says here, if you receive the truth of the gospel, if you hold fast to the truth of the gospel, that person will never see death. I want to say something right here. As believers, we need not fear death. You know, I'm not sure what it's going to feel like. I'm kind of scared maybe the pain when it happens. I don't know how it's going to happen. But you know what? For believers, we may not fear death. Because Jesus says, if you know the gospel and if you've embraced the gospel, you will never taste death. Now, I want you to understand, it's not talking about a, a physical death. If Jesus doesn't come back, we'll pass away. But it is talking about a spiritual death. By faith in Jesus Christ, we will never, we do not spiritually die. By faith in Jesus, he's made this clear, we have eternal life. Let me tell you this. Some folks don't understand it. Be sure and understand this. On the day when a believer physically dies, we are alive and we are in the presence of Jesus. Do you know the Bible? Amen. Praise the Lord. The Bible says to be absent from our bodies is to be present with the Lord. On the day, and I don't care what the circumstance is, I don't care what age we are, I don't care if we saw it coming or if we're surprised, on the day when a believer in Jesus Christ closes their eyes in a physical death, we are not dead spiritually, we are alive, and we are in the presence of Jesus. That's what Jesus says, verily, verily, truly, truly. Verse 52. The Jews said to him, now we know you're crazy. Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste of death. Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, the prophets aren't here. They're dead too, verse 53. Surely you are not greater than our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be. Verse 54. When they say that, who do you make yourself out to be? I want to say he's been saying it, but let me move on. Verse 54. Jesus answered, 
If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. Our world needs to learn that. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. Jesus says, if I glorify myself, it means nothing. If I glorify myself, that means I'm a self-promoter. Listen, that's no real glory if you go around and blow your own horn. He says, but I don't have to glorify myself because my Father glorifies me. Verse 55. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I'll be a liar like you. Wow. But I do know him and keep his word. Let me read verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Rejoiced means filled with joy, glad he was happy. Your father Abraham, your descendants of him, rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Let me tell you this. I love verse 56. And this long section of verses, and this is a long section of verses I love verse 56. Jesus says, you hate me. You hate me and you try and kill me. You're plotting to kill me. Even now your your insides are burning, planning a, a plan that I would be killed. You hate me. But he says this, but your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Now I want you to listen. Abraham lived a couple of thousands of years before Jesus. Physically was incarnate. How did he see Jesus' day? Think about this. Listen. Remember God promised Abraham, from you there'll be a great nation. He told him that. Remember he told Abraham, from you all the nations will be blessed. All of the nations will be blessed through you, one of your descendants. He promised Abraham that the Savior, the Messiah, would come through him. That that was the promise made to Abraham. All nations will be blessed. The Messiah will come through Abraham. Do you remember Abraham couldn't have a child? Abraham and his wife Sarah, they couldn't have a son. And yet those promises stood through you. There'll be a great nation through you. That nation, in fact, all nations will be blessed. From you comes the Messiah. He couldn't have a son with his wife, Sarah, and yet the promise stood. And some years went by. And some more years went by. And we have a promise, and I, and I believe God, take him his word. I'm the man of faith. But there's no child. And yet the promise stood. And, and another year and another year, and we're getting old. The promise stood. And then there was one day that Sarah knew she was pregnant. And I I wonder what what her heart felt like. I wonder what she felt like on that day. There was one day, and I don't know how long, a couple months after that, she began to show that she was pregnant. Can you imagine their hearts? Can you imagine Abraham and the promise had stood and there's his bride, Sarah, and she starts to show. And then one day, it was the day. 
And on that day, when the labor was done, and Sarah looked on in pride, they handed Father Abraham his son Isaac. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11, verse 13, if you want to look it up, it says that on that day, Abraham saw the promise but he saw it from a distance. You know what? From you, there'll come a Messiah. From you, all nations will be blessed with a true blessing. He saw the promise, but he saw it from a way off. He saw it from afar. And on that day that he held Isaac, the Bible says he rejoiced and he was glad because he saw the promise from far off. Let me tell you what Matthew says about that. Matthew records in the first chapter that Abraham was the father of Isaac. And Isaac had a son, and his son's name was Jacob. Jacob had a son, his name was Judah, and he had a son, his name was Perez. And he had a son, his name was Hezron, he had a son, his name was Ram. And Ram had a son, his name was Abinadab. And Abinadab had a son, his name was Nashon. And Salmon, Nashon had a son, his name was Salmon. Salmon had a wife named Rahab. They had a son named Boaz. Boaz had a wife named Ruth. Boaz and Ruth had a son, his name was Obed, and Obed had a son, his name was Jesse. And Jesse one day had a son, he was proud of his son, and his name was David, who became king of Israel. And David had a son, his son was Solomon. And Solomon had a son, his name was Rehoboam. And Rehoboam had a son, his name was Abijah. And Abijah had a son one day. He was proud of that son. His son was Asa. And Asa had a son one day. He was proud of that son. His son was Jehoshaphat. I don't know if he was jumping, but his name was Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat had a son one day, another son. He was proud of that son. His name was Joram. And Joram had a son. His name was Uzziah. And Uzziah had a son. His name was Jotham. And Jotham had a son, and his name was Ahaz. And Ahaz one day had a son. His name was Hezekiah. And Hezekiah had a son, his name was Manasseh. Manasseh had a son, his name was Amon. And Amon had a son, he became a king when he was a boy, his name was Josiah. And Josiah had a son, his name was Jeconiah. And Jeconiah had a son, his name was Shatil. And Shatil had a son, his name was Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel had a son, his name was Ahud. And Ahud had a son, his name was Eliakim. And Eliakim had another son, he was proud of that son, his name was Azor. And Azor had a son, his name was Zadak. And Zadok had a son, his name was Achim. And Achim had a son, his name was Eliud. And Eliud one day had a son, his name was Eleazar. And Eleazar had a son, his name was Mathan. And Mathan had a son named Jacob. And Jacob had a son. He would be a carpenter by trade. His name was Joseph. The Bible says in Matthew, he's the husband of Mary. By whom Jesus was born, the book of Matthew says, who is called our Messiah. Listen to me. All the way back to Abraham, there was a glad old man. There was a man that was rejoicing because he held his son Isaac and he beheld the promise of Jesus in Isaac. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. I told you I like that verse. 
Verse 57. So the Jews said to him, they don't know, you are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Verse 58. Jesus said to them, listen, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus again marks verse 58 as important words. He says these are necessary words, they're vital words. He says, truly, truly, I tell you the truth, this is the truth. Before Abraham was born, I am. It is a verb. Have I ever told you about it? It is a verb that God chose to name himself in to reveal himself through. It is a verb that means I be being. And he says, before Abraham was even born, I be being. It is a clear claim to be eternal God. Jesus says, I'm God. Verse 59. And therefore they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself. The New International Version says he slipped off and went out of the temple. That's a lot of verses tonight. That's a lot of information tonight. That was a lot of names tonight. But I want to end by asking three questions tonight. Three questions from our verses tonight. First question is this. Are you following a false hope? You see, these folks thought that they could be saved in works. These folks thought that they could be saved in their lineage these folks that they could, thought they could be saved in their status and their hopes were placed in a false, empty hope. Their only hope was in a Savior for sin, Jesus. Here's my first question for you tonight. Are you following a false hope? Are you placing your hope in anything or anyone other than Jesus Christ tonight? Listen, any hope other than in Jesus is a false hope. Are you following a false hope tonight? Second question is this. Are you fighting for your false hope? Are you fighting for your false hope? I want you to notice this of these guys. Notice it wasn't enough just to have a false hope. It's not enough just to profess a false hope. They fought for it. They defended it. Even having the truth, they upheld the false hope. They were adamant about it. It's no different today. People say, you know what? Sin's not my problem. Salvation's not my issue. A Savior's not my need. Folks will say, I, I don't know. I don't need a Savior. And they rail against the truth today. They rail against God's word today. And they actually fight for a false hope. Are you fighting for a false hope? Here's your last question. And will you finish in your false hope. Will you finish in your false hope? Let me tell you the worst thing ever. The worst thing ever is to be so determined, so blinded, so convinced of your false hope that you miss Jesus. Just like these people, they were actually talking to their Savior. Can you imagine that? They were actually talking to their Savior, 
and yet they missed their Savior. Let me ask you today, will you be so hard? Will you be so prideful? Will you be so right? I'm so right that you actually miss Jesus and you finish and you will perish in your faults. Hope, empty hope. Here's the truth. Jesus is your Savior. He has paid for your sin. He's paid for your sin. He is the truth. He is your hope. If you'll turn to him, he'll save you. If you'll turn to him, he will save you. Let's pray. Father, we come. We're thankful for tonight. We're thankful for your goodness tonight. We're thankful for your kindness tonight. We're thankful for your grace tonight. We're thankful that all of that is reflected in your word tonight. Lord, we're thankful for a promised Messiah. We're thankful for a delivered Messiah. We're thankful for a Savior for salvation through the finished work of a horrible cross, a resurrection of a risen Savior. Lord, we praise you tonight. Lord, I I pray tonight if there's someone that doesn't know you, someone that's so hard in their rightness, they just got to be right. Lord, I pray that tonight their rightness will be broken down. I pray that their pride will be broken down. Pray that their false hope will be revealed for what it is. And I pray that tonight, this night, they would turn to you and they would not end, they would not perish in a false hope. Lord, I'm thankful that you Love us enough to just tell us and tell us and tell us you are the truth. Lord, I pray again as we conclude this service that you have moved. I believe you are, you have. Pray that you continue to move. I pray again for salvation to ring out on this night, for saints to be encouraged in our mission on this night. I pray in every piece of it that you be glorified on this night. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I want to tell you, listen, we have our hope tonight. There's nothing else to go digging around, nothing to look for, no, no more pieces to put together. Our hope is settled in the person of Jesus Christ. If you've never trusted him, trust him tonight. 941 Thursday night, trust Jesus tonight. If you come to Jesus, if you repent of your sin, turn from that sin, trust him. He will forgive you. He'll renew you. He'll restore you. He'll give you eternal life. He will save you tonight. Trust Jesus tonight. If you've trusted Christ, but you've never followed in believers' baptism, I want to give you an opportunity as well this night to come and say, yes, I believe in Jesus. I've trusted Jesus. But I want that testimony to stand in my life. We're going to baptize this coming Sunday. And, and you'll join those that, w- that would say, you know what? I want to testify to what, what Jesus has done for me, who I am in Jesus. You come and let's set a day. It'll be a great day of celebration. If you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here, you come as well. Together, we'll uphold his word. We'll serve for his glory, his namesake. Maybe on this night, you want to come pray to an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Bible says, and that's the good thing, the gracious thing about our God. Nothing is too big. He's powerful. Nothing is too small. He's caring and kind. Whatever you're dealing with tonight, you come. You want to, you want to pray at an altar, pray with me. I'm going to ask the only one to head for an exit. I want to make a commotion of heading for an exit, but you would be praying for those that are making decisions. If God has spoken to you tonight, as we stand to sing, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here. You come on.